other than the computer down halfway through the song. Uh, we've been working this week. Can you hear better this week than you could last week? Is that a no? Can you hear as good as you did last week? Well, I wasn't talking about me right then. I was talking about up until then. Can you hear better this week than you can last week? Especially in the back. They're the ones that's been complaining. Y'all are no help. You're just looking at me. Either you cannot hear me. Can you hear better this week? Okay. It's not a complicated question. We'll continue to tinker and work. One of the things that's going to happen this week if uh, the Lord tarries is we're going to replace that computer. Uh, I'm sick of that thing cutting off the music halfway through. So, um, But uh, we can tick because it looks like according to Dr. Fucci or whatever his name is, uh, that this is not ending anytime soon. So uh, we got to get the sound where, uh, where everybody can hear. Take your Bible and turn with me to the Gospel of John, the 18th chapter. John, the 18th chapter. We'll be picking up uh, in verse uh, 28 this morning. Uh, or, excuse me, verse 33. We were in uh, 28 last week. Uh, and uh, we're going to see uh, this morning Jesus is still uh, in front of... Uh, of Pilate, just to uh, refresh your memory, he's been uh, arrested and taken uh, before the Sanhedrin. John doesn't uh, record uh, that uh, part of the story for us for uh, for whatever reason. Uh, and the Sanhedrin, the, the Jewish authorities, uh, have found him guilty uh, of something, um, and they ha- but they don't have the ability. Uh, to give him the death penalty. And so they take him uh, to the Roman governor, Pilate, uh, to have the death penalty uh, carried out. And what we're going to look at uh, this morning, last week we kind of looked at uh, the... Uh, the Jews, the section where they present uh, the, the case as they have it. Uh, if you remember, the best they could come up with uh, was they called him a malefactor, uh, or simply put, he is an evil doer. Uh, they really didn't have a specific charge, uh, but uh, simply that he was going about uh, doing evil uh, was their accusation. Uh, and so now we're going to see uh, a, a second move. Movement in this uh, in this event, we're going to see Pilate actually uh, interrogating uh, Jesus himself. And what we're going to look at, and we're going to uh, look at this story, but there's six questions uh, that Pilate asked of Jesus during this uh, during this interview, during this uh, interrogation. Uh, and uh, I want to look at those six questions because I think in, uh, in those six questions, uh, we see uh, basically the, the various ways uh, Pilate displays them all. Uh, but we see kind of the way people, uh, even still today, uh, their approach uh, to Jesus Christ, uh, how they approach him. Uh, we all... 
uh, we, we see it all around us uh, that people have various attitudes uh, about Jesus Christ. And uh, in this room, uh, I, I think we would get uh, largely a, uh, a common opinion uh, of Jesus Christ. But I, I think you know uh, that if we go out onto the streets uh, of Concord and begin to interview people and ask them, what do you think uh, of Jesus Christ? Uh, tell me what you believe, what you think of, what is your opinion uh, of Jesus Christ, that you would get a, a lot of different answers. I, uh, I've shared with you before about uh, our uh, insurance man uh, who was a missionary at one time in France and knocked on the door and asked a lady if she knew who Jesus was, and she told him, I think he lives down the street. So, uh, you know, everybody's going to have a little bit different uh, idea and opinion uh, of who Jesus is. Uh, and we see kind of his various responses uh, reflecting uh, basically uh, several categories here uh, of uh, of how people respond uh, to Jesus Christ. And so uh, we pick up in uh, verse 33, and one of the things you will notice if you read over this story, and it's not really the focus of, uh, of, of my message this morning, but if you go back and you read beginning uh, in verse 28, I pointed out to you last week uh, that the, the Jews would not go inside uh, of Pilate's hall uh, because they didn't want to uh, be considered unclean uh, before the Passover. Again, they didn't mind uh, killing an innocent man, but uh, they didn't want to go in uh, to, a, to a, a building that was in Gentile uh, control because that would have made them uh, unclean. And so Pilate has to keep going in and out uh, of the building. He comes in, he goes out, uh, back and forth uh, between uh, the, the people he is uh, uh, talking with. And so uh, verse uh, 33, it tells us Pilate goes uh, and it says he enters, uh, he goes back into uh, his headquarters, his praetorium uh, again. And he calls to Jesus, and here we have this first question uh, that, uh, that Pilate asked uh, of Jesus. And this is perhaps uh, the most important question uh, of the interview. He looks at Jesus and he says to him, are you the king of of the Jews. Are you the king of the Jews? The, as I said last week, uh, the, the Sanhedrin, the Jews in their uh, attempt to have Jesus executed, uh, all they could come up with, uh, the only charge they had uh, was that he was uh, an evildoer. And I think in their heart, they knew uh, they couldn't prove that case. There was uh, no example of evil uh, that Jesus had done. Unless you consider uh, giving the blind back their sight, the lame back the ability to walk, the mute the ability to speak, raising the dead, feeding the hungry, unless somehow in your uh, perverted mind you, uh, you consider that to be evil, it's going to be really hard uh, to prove your case that Jesus... Jesus uh, was an evildoer. Uh, and so they come up uh, somehow, in, in, almost in a matter of moments it appears, uh, they come up with a, uh, a, a different, uh, different accusation. 
Instead of saying, uh, hinging, uh, uh, hooking their wagon to this idea uh, that Jesus was an evildoer, uh, they tell Pilate, well, he claims to be a king. Now, when he when they said that, uh, Pilate really didn't care, to be honest, uh, if, if Jesus had upset uh, the Sanhedrin. He really didn't care uh, about their religious squabbles. He really didn't care uh, about... Uh, you know, uh, th- this little thing, he, he had, uh, he had no concern whatsoever, uh, in, in their religious bickering over form, ceremony, ritual. Uh, that didn't concern him. Uh, but when, uh, he came up, uh, and, and they made this accusation and said, he says he's a king. Uh, all of a sudden Pilate's ears, uh, perked up and, and he had to pay attention because as I've, uh, told you before, uh, when the Romans came in, uh, to Judea and, and the other areas they occupied, uh, they came in and, uh, and, and set up their, their rule, uh, and, and would put a few guards and a few soldiers and a governor or two here and there, but they largely let the people, uh, continue to govern themselves as long as they paid taxes and, uh, and were obedient. There wasn't, and one of the things there wasn't gonna be, uh, was that nation wasn't gonna have a king, uh, because a king represented, uh, a threat uh, back to Rome. They, uh, they were, they had to be, uh, allegiant. They had to honor, uh, Caesar. They could keep doing their business, but Caesar, uh, was the authority, uh, over the territory. And so when they say, uh, he says he's a king, uh, Caesar perks up, or excuse me, Pilate perks up and pays attention. He doesn't want it to get back, uh, to his brother-in-law Caesar, uh, that, uh, that he's allowing somebody to walk around and call themselves the king of the Jews. And so uh, he looks at Jesus and he asks him uh, this question, are you uh, the king of the Jews? And so the first thing uh, we see as he asks him then is this essential question. Uh, are you the king uh, of the Jews? And I'm not sure uh, Pilate or, or the Jews, either one, completely uh, understood uh, the ramifications of that statement. Are you uh, the king uh, of the Jews? Are you the long-awaited uh, king uh, that the Jews uh, have been uh, looking for him. Uh, and at this point, uh, certainly Jesus didn't look much like a king. Uh, by now, he had been roughed up, knocked around uh, by the Sanhedrin. He had been up uh, probably 24 hours or so because this was uh, late into the uh, or, or into the early morning. And, uh, and so he didn't look like uh, a king. He was obviously uh, poor. He uh, wasn't dressed like a king. He wasn't acting much like a king. Uh, and so uh, Pilate was a little bit confused uh, by this statement. You you say you're a, a king, but uh, you don't look like kings I know. Uh, you don't look like kings I've uh, spoke to in the past. And, and I know kings. I'm, I, I'm related to Caesar. I, I know some kings. And, 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 and you just don't look like a king to me. Uh, you're, you're just not what I would picture for, uh, for a king. And, and unfortunately, that attitude that Pilate demonstrates here uh, is similar uh, to many people's attitude, uh, even still today, when it comes to Jesus, he just doesn't look uh, 
He doesn't act. He doesn't sound uh, like the king that I want. That was the Jews' problem with him. Uh, they, they, he wasn't the kind of king they imagined. They were looking for a king uh, that would come in and overthrow Rome. They were looking for a king uh, that would come in and make them a great uh, military power, a great national power, and and and, and make them uh, a dominant military, and uh, and raise them up, uh, and make them strong, and uh, replace Rome. And he just didn't look uh, like the kind of king that everybody uh, was uh, expecting. And uh, unfortunately today, uh, many people are still taking uh, that same attitude towards this uh, essential question. And uh, he just doesn't, you know, that doesn't sound uh, like the kind of uh, king I, I want to serve. And, uh, you know, people have all kinds of objections uh, to the gospel. They uh, have all kinds of objections to the message uh, of Jesus Christ. And, and what we see here is this is the question uh, of the ages. Are you uh, the king? It is the essential question. Are you the Messiah? Is he the Savior? See, uh, today we live in a world uh, where people... Uh, are, are putting their hope, uh, putting their eternal hope, putting their spiritual hope uh, into all kinds of uh, various religions. As I've told you before, I haven't done it lately, but uh, get online and, and Google world religions and see just how many uh, how many hits you get uh, to that uh, to that uh, to that search. You'll get millions because uh, there are all kinds uh, of religions out there, and people object uh, to a uh, to a religion, uh, to a king, to a savior, uh, who says, I am the only way, uh, the way, the truth, and the life. People won't, uh, they reject all kinds of the aspects uh, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They, uh, Tommy mentioned a while ago, the Word of God. They, they reject the idea that this is the uh, the God-breathed, God-inspired uh, Word. They, they, they don't accept uh, this idea because it doesn't suit uh, their, their predefined, their, uh, the notion... Uh, that they have in their mind uh, of what God uh, ought to do, how God ought to act, how God ought to uh, work, how in, in, in people's minds uh, God ought to do this, He ought to intervene here, He's not fair about this, why do bad things happen to good? All the, the, the questions that man has boils down to this, the same question that the Jews had, the same question that the Pilate, that Pilate had, you just don't look much like like a king to us. You don't look much like a Messiah to us. You, 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 don't, uh, you, you don't dress like a king. You don't talk like a king. You don't act like a king. And, and, and he, so he has a, a real issue uh, with what's going on. And, uh, you know, he's confused. Uh, Pilate's confused. If you're the king of the Jews, then why in the world would they bring you and turn you in? Won't you kill? You know, it just doesn't make sense to them uh, about, uh, about who this king is. And so the essential question uh, that uh, man still wrestles with today is, who is Jesus? Is, is Jesus the Savior, uh, as He claims to be? Is He the only Savior? Is He the only way to the Father, as He claims to be? Many people in the world today have, have, have looked at that question and they have decided, no, He's not. 
In, con- in contrast to what the Word of God says, the essential question this morning is, are you the King? Are you who you say you are? Are you really the Messiah? Are you really the Savior? We see the essential question. Not only this uh, essential question, uh, but we see a, a, a very egotistical uh, response. When he asked that question, uh, Jesus asked him, he says, basically Jesus in verse 34 says, well, who told you that? Is that something that you figured out on your own, or did somebody tell you that? Did somebody tell you to ask that? And Pilate answers in verse 35, he says, am I a Jew? Very sarcastical answer. Very egotistical answer. What do you mean? I don't, I don't even care if you're the king. I don't even care. I, I'm just trying to hush these people up. Am I a Jew? Uh, you got to, again, well, really, if you study this and understand uh, how the Romans felt about the Jews, you'd, you'd really understand uh, better the, the, the mindset of that question. Uh, the Romans looked at the Jews um, about, the Romans looked at, the, the, the easiest way I think, the Romans looked at the Jews the way the Jews looked at lepers. Uh, that was about what they thought of the Jews. They, they, they were pretty much uh, the, the, a low form of life. They just put up with them to keep them paying taxes. Um, and, and so he was offended by this. He was egotistical about this. I, what do you mean, am I a Jew? I don't care. I don't care if you are the king or not. Listen, today we have a, uh, again, many people respond uh, to Jesus Christ in the exact same way as Pilate. Uh, with an egotistical response. Well, I don't, I don't need him. I don't need a savior. I'm all right, just like, that's what Pilate was saying. Pilate said, I don't care if you're the king or not. I'm the governor. I don't care if you're the king of the Jews. I'm the governor of Rome. So I don't need you. I don't care who you say you are. You don't matter to me. Your your life is in my hands, literally. And so Pilate looks at him with an egotistical response and and says, "I, I don't care who you say you are. I don't need you. Does that sound familiar uh, in 2021 to how many people are, are looking at Jesus Christ? They're looking at him the exact same way. They respond to the gospel the exact same way. I don't care what the Bible says. I don't care who Jesus says he is. I'm all right just like I am. I'm, I'm okay as I am. I, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm better than half. I, I don't, I, I know a lot of them people down there at the church. I live better than they do. I don't act like they do. I don't go where they, I don't act like them. I'm not, oh, you, you know where, where I'm coming from here. Many, many people today have the exact same attitude as Pilate. Pilate, I really don't care if you're king or not. That's basically, when, when, when Pilate responds by saying, am I a Jew? He was basically saying, well, I really don't care if you're the king or not. I'm just trying to get to the bottom of this so I can get you all out of here so I can go back to doing what I was doing. I really don't care who you are. Listen, an egotistical response. There are so many people today who think they don't need Jesus. Who think they can get by without Jesus. Who think some way, somehow... They're going to make it into heaven without Jesus. 
that someday, some way, they're going to stand before God and, and, and they're going to bargain their way in. They're going to wiggle their way in. They're going to negotiate their way in. They're going to arrive at heaven and say, well, yeah, I, I know, but well, I, I, I was better than Fred and John and Bob and, and Lucy over there. You know, and you let them in. Yeah, but they knew Jesus. They knew Jesus. They realized they needed a Savior. Listen, an egotistical response. Only that, we move on. And when Pilate says, I'm a Jew, am I a Jew? And then he goes on, and his next question, he says, your own people have delivered you to me. What have you done? What are you guilty of? Why did they do that? See, Pilate had a real question here, a legitimate question. Let's be honest. If Jesus is genuinely the king of the Jews, then why in the world would the Sanhedrin turn him into the Roman government and want him executed? Why? Well, what possible motivation could they have? And so we have an extraordinary response. Here we have the Jews themselves turning in one of their own. To be quite frank, it's difficult to imagine the Jews turning in a mass murderer to the Roman Empire. They hated the Romans that bad. They, they despised them. They, they hated everything about them. And so why in the world, Pilate's kind of scratching his head. Why in the world, if you're their king, would they want you dead? It seems like, you know, if you go back and you study Jewish history, you'll find out that anybody that come along, it didn't matter how big a crackpot they were, if they came along and in some way, some fashion, opposed the Roman government, the Jews cheered them on. They didn't care. They, they hated the Romans that bad. They didn't care if somebody came along and, you know, said anything, any crazy idea. If it was opposed to Rome... They would go along with it just hoping that maybe they would never turn them in. I can only imagine, and we don't have the records of this, but I can only imagine that Jesus, <clears throat> excuse me, is one of the few, if not practically the only one, that the Jews ever turned into the Roman government. And Pilate scratches his head and says, What in the world have you done that your people would bring you to me? Ordinarily, we have to go out and catch them ourselves. We have to go out and investigate and find them. What in the world have you done that has caused them to turn on you this way? Why? He says, What is it you've done? Well, what have you done? And Jesus says to him, says, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were this world, my servants would have been fighting. 
that I might not be delivered to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. And so Jesus doesn't deny the claim of being uh, a king. And so he is confused about who Jesus is. He doesn't understand the claims of Jesus. Again, as, as Larry said a moment ago, there are about those who reject Jesus Christ. Many of them, like Pilate, are just kind of scratching their head. They haven't taken the time to investigate. They haven't taken the time to figure out who Christ is. They haven't taken the time to find out what He offers. They haven't taken time to find out what the life of a Christian really looks like and the benefits of serving God. And let me just veer off down the dirt road just a moment. Let me say this. As Christians, we haven't done a very good job showing them what living for Jesus looks like. The reason many people look at Jesus like Pilate and go, what have you done? With kind of a confused uh, approach is because they see us and they see how we live. And, and, and can you, again, imagine for a moment, put your pilot is standing there and, and he's hearing the Jews turn in a man and want him executed because he claims to be their king. Why in the world would the Jews turn on their king? Why would they want their king executed? Doesn't that sound peculiar to you? This seems plum weird. Now, I'm sure Pilate probably what he thought in his mind was, they're trying to trick me. You know, they're up to something. Why in the world would they turn on their king? Do you think there's any pilots in the world today who are looking at people who profess to be Christian and going, why in the world have they turned on their king? Why have they turned on their king? They say he's their savior. They say He's coming to get them again. They say they're going to live with Him for eternity. Why are they acting and living like they do? What have you done? I can only imagine that there are a lot of people in this world today who are looking at Jesus going, what has He done? They say they're Christian. They say they love Him. They say He's their Savior. They don't much act like it. They say they love Him, but they don't go to His church. I can't tell any difference in their life. Can you imagine... Somebody in 2021 walking up to someone who is a Christian and being like Pilate and going, I'm wondering. I remember once upon a time when you used to talk about Jesus all the time and you used to, I see you read your Bible and going to church. I, I, I remember when you really 
seem to really be in love with Jesus. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, can I ask you a question? Sure, go ahead. What's he done? What do you mean? Well, you don't act like that no more. I don't hear you talking about him anymore. I see you going back and doing some of the things you used to do. Do you think there are people in this world who are looking at Christian's life and wondering, what is it Jesus has done? You say he's your king, but you sure are betraying him. What have you done? What has Jesus done that's caused us to betray him? Next question that he asks. We see the extraordinary. We see not only the extraordinary question. We see the explicit question in verse 37. Pilate said, So you are a king? So you are a king? Are you or aren't you? Pilate lays it out bluntly. Are you a king? Jesus answered him, says, You say I'm a king. For that purpose I was born, and for this purpose I've come into the world to bear witness to the truth. You say I'm a king. Are you a king? Are you a king? Pilate asked him this explicit question a second time. Are you a king? Are you really a king? The one that has the truth? Listen, the truth of the matter is, Pilate didn't really want the answer. He didn't really want the answer because he goes on and look at his next question. What is truth? What is truth? Pilate says, oh, I've... Pilate would have been a well-learned man. Pilate says, I've studied religion. I've I've heard all the others. I I, I see the Jews. I've I've been the governor of the Jews. I I know about their religion. I know about all the gods that we have in Rome. I've I've studied religion. I know about all the philosophies. I I know about all the ideas. How am I going to know which one is true? How am I going to know which one is real? What is truth? Pilate says, prove to me that your way is better than others. Was he serious? Was it sarcastic? It's hard to tell. Because as you you look at this, he, he says, what is truth? And in the very next words it says, it says, after he said it, he went back outside to the Jews. He didn't even wait for an answer to the question. He really didn't want to know the truth. What is truth? We know that the Bible tells us that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The truth was standing in front of him. He didn't want to hear the truth. He didn't want to know the truth. He just wanted the problem to go away. Listen, we live in a world today much like Pilate who says, I've heard all these stories. It's like the young man I shared with you on numerous occasions now that 
told me he was uh, considering the idea that we all came from the big blue fish. He was, and that, that was just one of his ideas. And he said, I'm trying to figure out which one of them's best. See, can I tell you something about religion? Can I tell you something about spirituality? The question is not which one is best. The question is which one is true. The question is which one is right. That's the question. That's the challenge this morning. Which one is best is not a question. Which one is true? Which one is right? Can I be honest? I, I, I may say, this may be, this may really make some people here uh, unhappy this morning. You may find a religious system that suits you better than Christianity. You may. You may find one that suits you better. It just fits the way you want to live. See, there's enough religions out there. You may find one that condones whatever you want to do. You may find one that goes along with however you want to live. There may be a religious system out there that you like better than Christianity. It's just reality, folks. It is. Some of you don't like that statement, I'm sure, but it's just reality. I expect if you look long enough, there is a religious system out there that says, eat all the chocolate pie you want. I mean, I just, just hey, the world we live in today, I will guarantee you that religion is out there. The, the, the church of chocolate pie. I, I guarantee you it's out there somewhere. But being better isn't necessarily true. It isn't necessarily right. And it all depends on your definition of better. Better may be the church of chocolate pie. And I realize I, I'm just... The better may be the church that does and says the religion that goes along with everything you like and goes along and just condones everything you want to do. But let me tell you something about the church of chocolate pie. If you stay in it long enough, you're going to be too fat to get in the doors of the church of chocolate pie. If you stay in it long enough, you're going, your, your blood sugar is going to be through the roof and you're going to fall over dead. It may be good for a while... But the end result, is that where you want to be? See, if I told you today, if I took you down to the airport and I said, over here, look at this big, new, nice, modern plane with all the amenities. It's got, you know, food. It's got air conditioning. It's got TVs, movies. It's got stereos. It's got big wide seats. It's got feet rest. It's got all these things. Man, it, you know, listen, they come and get you and pick you up and carry you and put you in your seat. I mean, it's got every amenity known to man. You, you can't, it's got stuff on here you hadn't even thought of. This plane over here, 
while the propellers held together with duct tape. It's like those of you old enough to remember the Beverly Hillbillies, remember when, when, when they started their own airplane and had wooden benches and a rope to tie yourself in with? Didn't even have seat belts, you know. That's the way this airplane looks. This one over here with all the amenities is going to crash two minutes after takeoff. And this one over here with the wood seats and the rope for seat belt is going to make it to its destination. Which plane you getting in? God, I hope you answer that right. If you don't, we got problems. I'm getting into one that'll get me to my destination. I don't know about you. I might have to tie myself to the wood bench, but I'm going to get to my destination. Listen, serving Jesus, there may be somebody out there, and I know there are. There, there are religions out there that offer everything under the sun. But they don't get you to the destination. Listen, I'm not one of those health and wealth preachers that's going to stand up here and tell you that serving Jesus Christ is always easy. And if you'll give your life to Jesus, you'll never have a problem. Because if I did, I think everybody in this room would go, you've lost your mind. But what I am telling you is that he promises to never leave you nor forsake you. And that when you do walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to fear any evil. Because I'll never leave you nor forsake you. My rod and my staff, they comfort you. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. I'm not telling you there's not an easier way, a finer way, a simpler way. But what I'm telling you and what I'm telling Pilate, is this, there is no other way that ends in the presence of God but serving Jesus Christ. That's the truth. Pilate, what's the truth? The truth is you Romans have thought up a lot of good systems. You've created a lot of gods to deal with a lot of problems. And not one of them. Not all of them combined can get you to heaven. There is only one way. Pilate, that's the truth. There are people today who are living like Pilate going, well, what's the truth? All these religions out there, they're all the same. Just pick one. No, it matters. Let me take you back to the airport. If you want to go to Los Angeles, does it matter which airplane you get on? You don't just go out on the runway and look around and go, I think I'll get on this one. You might end up in Wichita, Kansas or something. It matters which one you get on. Destination matters. That's the truth. And then look at the final question Pilate asked. In verse 38... He's after this, he went back in and said, I find no guilt. He said, but y'all have a custom, a tradition, that I would release one to you at the Passover. So, do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? 
the eternal question. Do you think Pilate has spent the last 2,000 years regretting that question? I guess it's possible that somewhere after the resurrection, somewhere after the crucifixion, that Pilate gave his heart to the Lord. I hope he did. I hope one day, when we arrive in heaven, Pilate stand there at the gate, welcoming us all in. I hope he did. But there's no record of it. The only record I have is right here. When Pilate says, let's choose between Barabbas and Jesus. And the people say, give us Barabbas. And he says, okay. I'll release to you. And the word that's used to describe Barabbas, they call Jesus an evildoer. The words that are used to describe Barabbas, he was a genuine evildoer. The word that is used basically says that, uh, implies that Barabbas went around town just doing bad deeds. He was a bad man. And when given a choice, Pilate didn't have to do that. Pilate already said, I don't find anything wrong with this man. Then turn him loose. Pilate said, I've examined him. I've checked him out. I've asked him all my questions. I've asked him if he was the king. And I don't find a single thing wrong with this man. I can't even give him a parking ticket, much less hold him guilty and execute him. Then turn him loose, Pilate. But instead, Pilate comes up with this plan. Do you want me to turn loose Jesus or Pilate or Barabbas? He made his decision. The eternal question. Jesus or Barabbas? Jesus or someone else? Wherever you are this morning, whether you're here or whether you're watching online, you are, you have been, you will be forced to make a decision. Jesus or something else? Are you going to put your confidence, your hope, in something or someone else? Or are you going to put it in Jesus Christ? See, Pilate's been asking all the questions. But now you have to give the answer. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads this morning. Wherever you are, in this room, online, around the world, wherever you may be, the challenge today, the question today 
is in your life, will it be Jesus or Barabbas? Will it be Jesus or someone else? See, my first question to you would be this. Do you want to go to heaven? Do you want to go to heaven? Do you want to spend eternity with God? If the answer to that question is yes, then my next question would be, well, how are you planning on getting there? Jesus or something else? If you don't know Jesus Christ this morning, you're asking all the same questions that Pilate did. Please don't be like Pilate and be egotistical. Please don't be like Pilate and say, what's the real truth? How will I ever know the real answer? The truth, the way, the life is Jesus Christ. This morning I want to ask you, if you're online, to comment, to send an email, to call, so we can send you some material, so we can reach out and make contact with you, help you find, if you're not in this area, help you find a good church, a good pastor that will walk with you through this decision. If you're in this room, today is the day. What are you putting your confidence in? You need to come and let us show you from God's Word. For just a moment, let me speak to those of you that know you are a Christian, know you have accepted Christ. When's the last time you thanked Him? Just simply knelt and said, Lord, I just want to give you the praise and glory for saving my soul. For helping me to find the truth. Would you do that this morning? Father, we thank you today for your word. God, we ask you this morning that as we come to a time of decision, God, like Pilate, we ask a lot of questions. Like Pilate, we don't always see things clearly. So God, today we pray that your Holy Spirit would move in this room, move as those that are watching online, God, that their heart would be stirred. God, did realize today that the answer to this question is eternal. What will they do with Jesus Christ? God, if they don't know Christ today... God, I pray, Lord, that you'd stir their heart, convict them, speak to them, that today would be the day that they would come to know Christ. We'll give you the honor for what you do, for it's in Jesus' name I pray.